بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم الحمد للہ Today is the 19th of February in the year 2023. And Alhamdulillah, we moved on to the third session that we're going through the commentary of the Blessed Surah Al-Hajj. And I've reached verse 5. So inshallah, to go through this blessed verse. So verse 5, O mankind, if you have a doubt about the resurrection, then consider, we created you out of dust, then out of a drop, then out of a leech-like clot, then out of a morsel of flesh, shaped or unshaped, in order that we may show you our power. And we cause whom we will to rest in the wombs for an appointed term. Then do we bring you out as babes, that you may reach your age of full strength. And some of you are called to die, and some are sent back to the feeblest old age, so that they know nothing after having known much. And further you see the earth barren and lifeless, but when we pour down rain upon it, it stirs, it swells, and it puts forth every kind of beautiful growth in pairs. So in this blessed verse, Allah the Almighty and Glorious is given proofs with regards to the resurrection. And he first explains that your creation is a sign of resurrection. And this is, of course, in the embryonic, embryonic stage. So, there's a few reports. So, this relation is recorded in Hakim al 1-267, Ibn Jarir in Istafseer, 17-117, Qurtubi in Istafseer, Ibn Abi Hatim, Marif al-Quran, volume 6, page 245, of the English translation, Ibn Kathir's Tafsir, and also other references. So Imam Sha'bi, he relates from Al-Kama that Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud said, when the drop is settled in the womb, an angel comes to it, who takes it in the palm of his hand, and asks, O oh my Lord, Complete or incomplete? So stop in the report. So this is a commentary of a part of this verse. So if you look at verse 5, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He created you, made you out of a leech-like clot, then out of a morsel, shaped or unshaped. Complete or incomplete. So here Ibn Masood said, the drop is in the palm of the angel, meaning the angel is responsible for the transformation. And then he asked that question, because, oh my Lord, complete or incomplete? If it is said incomplete, it will not become a person, and the womb casts it out as blood. If it is said complete, the angel asks, oh my Lord, is it a male, female, unfortunate, fortunate, 
what is the lifespan what are its footprints and in what land will it die subhanallah so allah taala either gives the command no in other words no child is determined and then it just there's no pregnancy but if the command is pregnancy then look at how amazing the angel is given this knowledge what knowledge is given is it a male or female then fortunate unfortunate how old will it be what traces will it leave where will it die then ibn masud said then the drop is asked and look how amazing the drop that is now going to become a child allah taala is talking to it the drop is asked who is your lord it will answer allah subhanahu wa taala it will be asked who is your provider it will answer allah subhanahu wa taala so stop in the report so allah taala or the angel is talking to this drop that's now going to become a child and the and the drop is responding just like it did the first time so what do i mean the first time was when you were in the back of adam alayhi salatu wasalam so let me just mention the report so the narration mentions So this is recorded in Imam Ahmad's Musnad Hakim Ibn Jarir Al Bidaya Bihaki Mishkat number one two one. Our beloved Messenger said, "Sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Allah the Most High, He took the covenant from Adam alayhi salatu wasallam in Naaman on the day of Arafat. He Most High took out from his back all his children, spread them out before his hands." and talk to them thus and then he recited these verses surah 7 verse 172 to 173 alas to be rabbikum am i not your lord they said bala certainly lest you should say on the day of judgment of this we were never mindful and then he recited verse 173 so in this authentic report this is when adam was on the earth alayhi salatu wasalam and all of us testified This is the this is the first, and also confirming in a hadith in Nasai, Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, Hakim Sahih, Zahabi Sahih, and As Sahih number one six two three, and Ma'riful Quran. Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhu said, this covenant was taken at the time when Adam alayhi salatu wasalam was sent down from the heavens to the earth. The place was the valley of Nu'man, known as the plain of Arafat. So this adds the detail. So this was the first time. So we've all done this. Whether we, you know, we can't remember it, most of us. Some fortunate souls can remember it. That was the first time. The second time we've also done it. I think about that. There's a second time you said it, and that was when we were that drop. Allah Taala was determining now that you were going to be created. So you were asked, "Who is your Lord?" and you respond again, "You, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala." Who is your provider? Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. The hadith continues. Then it will be said to the angel, "Go to the book, for you will find the story of this drop in it." Look how amazing! Stop in the report. So Allah Taala tells the angel, 
everything I've told you about this drop, look into the book, i.e. referring possibly to the law in Mahfuz, everything is there. Ibn Masood then said, then it is created, it will live its life, it will eat its provision, it will walk on its own footprints, until when its prescribed term comes, it will die and be buried in that land in which it was determined. Then Imam Sha'abi recited this verse. So I've recited the verse, O mankind, if you are in doubt about the res- resurrection, consider we created you out of dust, then out of a drop, then out of a leech-like clot, then out of a morsel of flesh, shaped or unshaped, etc. So this is a commentary of this verse, this narration. So note the key points. The key points are Allah Ta'ala determines whether a child is to be coming into this world or not. And when the knowledge is given to the angel is coming into the world, a second testification takes place. And Allah Ta'ala confirms all this in his glorious book. In a second report, it mentions. So this is recorded in Ibn Jarir in his tafsir. And half is Ibn Rajab in his Jami Al-Uloom Al-Hikam, page 73 of the English translation. Ibn Mas'ud and other companions, they recited this verse. Surah 3, verse 6. It is he who forms you in the womb, however he wills. They explained. When the drop comes into the womb, it becomes dispersed through the body for 40 days. And then it becomes a clot for 40 days. Then it becomes a morsel of flesh for 40 days. Let's stop in the report. So Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, He forms in the wombs however He wills. So the companions of the Prophet said, the drop is the early stage. And that lasts 40 days. Then it becomes a clot, a blood clot, alaqa, 40 days, then a morsel of flesh, 40 days. They continued. Then when it attains the point of being formed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends an angel to it which gives it its form. The angel comes bringing dust between two of its fingers, which it mixes with the morsel of flesh and then kneads it with it and then forms it. So stop in the report. So the angel, more details are now mentioned. They get the dust and they start kneading the morsel with the dust. When it is formed, it is told, ask him, is it a male or female? Is it unfortunate, fortif- uh, fortunate? What is its provision? Lifespan, footprints, misfortunes. Allah the Almighty and Glorious will speak to the angel and it will write. When that body dies, it will be buried in the place from where the dust was taken. Subhanallah. So where does the dust, the angel use the dust? Where is that dust from? It's from your grave. So what's absolutely incredible, you just go a complete cycle from the beginning right to the place of your death. And this is confirmed in the hadith of the Prophet So the Prophet said that you are, your dust is taken from where you die. So when you actually bury a person, it's from there that the initial dust where the angels between the two fingers was the one who was uh, forming that particular child. Adding further details. So, this is in Sahih Muslim number 2645. 
Hudayfa ibn Usaid al-Ghifari relates that the Prophet said, when 42 nights pass after the Nutfa gets into the womb, that's the drop, Allah the Almighty sends an angel who gives it its shape, creates its hearing, sight, skin, flesh and bones. The angel says, O Lord, male or female, and your Lord decrees whatever he wishes and the angel records it. So this is the report in Sayyid Muslim. Now what's interesting, 42 nights are mentioned. Clearly, the Prophet said, when 42 nights have passed after the Nutfa. So, Sheikh Dr. Zaghlul al-Najjar in his work, Scientific Precision in the Sunnah, he says, page 141, Embryological studies prove that human features do not appear on the face of the embryo except on the 42nd day of gestation. The main stages which give the mudra, the human features, are completed by the 40th to 45th day when the body organs are formed and the skeleton starts to appear. So how on earth is it possible for any person to have mentioned 42 days? The Prophet said, when 42 nights have passed after the Nutfah, and they've proven that to be exactly correct. The Shaykh goes, human features do not appear on the face of the embryo except on the 42nd day. What, 41, now 43 of gestation. Then he mentioned, and so this is the first amazing thing. The Shaykh then says, if you look at the order, what does the angel angel gives it its shape. He gives it hearing. <coughs> and that's the first organ to be developed before. Then it's sight, the eyesight. Then the skin, flesh and bones. And that order is exactly what takes place if you look under the most powerful microscope. So everything mentioned in this hadith is in confirmation of the what they're finding in science. So now, why have I mentioned that? Go back to this verse. All mankind, if you are in doubt about the resurrection, so Allah's, who is he really talking to here? This is fascinating. Was he talking to the Arabs 1,440 years ago? And the answer is, yes, he was talking to them. But did they understand what, you know, was being mentioned here? So Allah is talking to the modern man now. Because you will soon understand. Because, and then what does he say? So that I may show you my power. Because you're going to see it. So Allah has given you the tawfiq to see this. You know, subhanAllah. Then the narration continues. Let me just. So then the verse which I've quoted, it goes on to mention that we might show to you our power and we cause whom you will to rest in the wombs for an appointed term. Then we bring you out as babes that you may reach your age of full strength and some of you are called to die. So Allah mentions that you then become children and then you become strong in your prime of your manhood. However, some of you die before this. And this is the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he says, some are sent back to the feeblest old age. So what does this mean? So there's a report. So this narration is in Nasai and also Ma'rif al-Qur'an, volume 6, page 246. 
So Mufti Shafi, he recited this part of the verse. The worst part of age, he explains. It means the stage of life when human faculties and senses begin to degenerate. Rasulullah sought the protection of Allah from this. Then he quotes the hadith. The Prophet would make this dua frequently. Allahumma inni a'udhi bika min al-bukhli wa a'udhi bika min al-jumni wa a'udhi bika min an uradda ila arda lil-umr wa a'udhi bika min fitnati dunya wa a'zaab al-qabr O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I seek your protection from miseliness I seek your protection from cowardice I seek your protection from that I am carried to the age of helplessness and I seek your protection from the seductions of this world and the punishment of the grave. Amen. So the Prophet would make this dua. What's one of the things he saw protection from? This decrepit old age. He goes, don't let me live when I'm a burden to others. So this is a dua of the Prophet. And he used the same words in the Quran. umr. So this is a dua which you should make. So now what's interesting there's actually a report which adds details. So, very similar is mentioned in Surah 16, verse 70. But before going to that, there's a few things that need to be mentioned. Imam Zuhri, he said, You must use huni as it is good for memory. This is in Khatib al-Baghdadi in his Jami al-Akhlaq, number 1794, Hafiz ibn Qayyim in Zad al-Ma'ad, 4-3-1-1. So one of the great uh, students of the companions from the Tabin, Imam Zuhri, he goes, use Huni, it is good for memory. What have they discovered? Huni has free sugar molecules which make the brain function better. Since the brain is the largest consumer of sugar, <coughs> Honey rapidly diffuses in the blood and aids in the function of the brain. So stop in the report. Well, how did they know that 1,400 years ago? Use honey, it is good for memory. In 2007, at the University of Waikato in Hamilton, New Zealand, research on rats showed that diet sweetened with honey is beneficial in decreasing anxiety and improving memory during aging. Indeed, honey may boost memory due to its antioxidant <coughs> properties. So it's proven that honey is excellent for the healthy functioning of the brain. And they proved this in the 21st century. So now what's shocking? What does Allah Ta'ala mention in Surah 16 verse 70? And this is the miraculous nature of the Quran. So Allah Ta'ala says in Surah 16 verse 17, Some who are sent back to feeble old age so that they know nothing after having known much. So the person goes, okay, mashallah, it's mentioned. What's the verse before that? In Surah 16 verse 69, Allah Ta'ala talks about huni. Bawli bali musulman. A person goes, what? Right? Allah Ta'ala says, eat of all the produce of the earth and find, this talking to the, honey, uh, the bees, honey bees, and find with skill the spacious paths of your Lord. 
their issues from within their bodies a drink of varying colors, wherein is a cure for mankind. Verily, in this is a sign for those who give thought. And the next verse, Allah Taala says, talks about old age. He goes, "Well, you will lose what you knew." So, what is Allah Taala clearly hinting to in the Quran? The Quran is clearly hinting that the regular consumption of honey would preserve one from this malady. Subhanallah. Now think about that. This is the miraculous nature of the Quran. Unfortunately, people aren't studying the Quran. So a person, you know, is when they get older, some people get dementia, Alzheimer's and all the rest of it, right? And then they start worrying about it. Well, you got it now. It's too late. Prevention is better than the cure. What's one of the preventions? Quranic preventions. Huni. Bole bale, right? Because where does it say that? Read the Quran. Study it. But there's two other things that help with regards to this ailment. In Kanzul Omal, number 38,318, Khatib al-Baghdadi in his Jami al-Akhlaq, number 1,797, Hafiz ibn Qayyim in his Zad al-Ma'ad, 4-352, Imam Suyuti in Jami al-Sahir, number 33,166. A man came to Ali and complained about forgetfulness. He responded, Alayka bil Alayka bi alban al-Bakr fa'innahu yushajju al-Qalba wa yadhabu bil-Nisyan you should drink the milk of cow, for it makes the heart stronger, it removes forgetfulness. Subhanallah. So now, Amir al-Mu'mineen, Sayyidina Ali, Karramallahu Wajh, what did he say for a person who's got, he keeps forgetting. He goes, drink the milk of cow. It strengthens the heart, it takes away forgetfulness. What have they discovered? Subhanallah. Milk has been proven as a superfood for memory. And the brain for it contains the following, which all contribute. Vitamin B6, 5%. Vitamin B12, 15%. Calcium, 28%. Magnesium, 6.5%. Potassium, 11%. So a person who regularly has milk, his brain functioning will be strong. But now there's a problem. This is talking about the pure milk. Right? Pure milk is not easy to obtain, but that's the milk. The milk that you have is also fine, but it's diluted somewhat. Semi-skimmed, skimmed, and all the rest of it. So again, if you want it the best, you need to pay a little bit extra. So you got honey, you've got milk. And there's another thing as well. Imam Zuhri said, Man sarrahu, whoever it pleases, Man ahabba an yahfaz al-hadith, fal lid zabib. Whoever loves to memorize hadith should eat raisins. Whoever loves to memorize hadith should eat raisins. This is in Khatib al-Baghdadi in his Jami al-Akhlaq, number 1795. Hafiz ibn Qayyim in his Zad al-Ma'ad, 4-290. Hafiz Munawi in his Faith al-Qadir, 4-340. Hafiz Zahbi in his Seer, 5-346. So now, raisins are mentioned. What have they discovered? Raisins contain the trace element boron. It sharpens the memory. It increases mental alertness and reaction time. It also reports to prevent arthritis, boost testosterone for men. Estrogen for women is used now in cancer therapy, alleviates symptoms of heart failure and lowers cholesterol. In addition, boric acid has antiseptic antifungal, antiviral properties. Alhamdulillah for such blessings. So now, what three things are mentioned from the revelation? 
and from the salaf. Honey, milk, and raisins. So if you combine all three and you give and you take it or give it to a person who's suffering, that will certainly help that individual. Honey, raisins, honey, raisins, and milk. If you combine that, that will help those who you know who are suffering from any uh, ailments with regards to the brain. So now going back to the verse. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, some of you are sent back to the feeblest old age so that they know nothing after having known much. So this is important. Does that mean it's better to die young? Because the Prophet didn't pray for an age where you are now depending upon others. The answer is you misunderstood. Some people, even though they live into, let's say, their 80s or 90s, they actually are as fit as those in their 50s. So it's not the age. It's the time where you start losing the blessings. You understand? So you can't say, brother, it's better for you to die before 70. Why? Because I know 70-year-olds, they're still fit as a fiddle. The response is you are asking to be protected from the point where your blessings now start to deteriorate. For instance, this is a hadith. In Al-Bidayah, one of the, the report mentions a man who was over a hundred years old. He jumped off a ship. He actually jumped off. So somebody goes, why did you jump off? He goes, you're an old man. So he said, I did not abuse the blessings of my Lord in my youth. Do you think he's going to deprive me in my old age? So now let me ask you a question. Will a hundred year old person forget about a ship? Will he jump off a horse? You must be kidding me. You're going to help him down, you know, thinking this guy's a centurion. So that's a clue. The clue is if you don't sin, you live longer with your blessings. The blessings deteriorate. It causes a problem. Uh, with regards to the blessings that Allah has blessed you with. But whatever the case, you should don't be scared of making that dua. One brother goes to me, I can't make that dua. Because why? Because I don't want to tie at 63. And I go, because the Prophet passed away 63. You know, you're lying, but he goes, no, at the end of the day, I'm... I was look, it doesn't mean that. Because we just recently went through the life of a companion, Anas. He lived to be a centurion. Mm-hmm. Was he making this door? <laughs> and notice, only one year he didn't fast. Why? Because that's now where the blessings were going. So Allah then took his blessed life. Mm-hmm. Only one year, 1990, he started giving food to the people. The verse continues. And further you see the earth barren and lifeless. But when we pour down rain upon it, it stirs to life, it swells, and it puts forth every kind of beautiful growth in pairs. So note, this is about the resurrection. These are, clue, these are proofs. So what does Allah Ta'ala say? Is another sign of resurrection. He goes, you see dead land, and overnight you see it alive. Now this isn't that striking here in the West. But if you go to the hotter parts, for instance, even the deserts, Death Valley and all these places where people, you know, if you go there, you're dead. It rains once every couple of years. And they say, when it does rain, you see an amazing transformation. Literally. And they show this, they show the Death Valley. And it's basically, like it is, Death Valley. It's dust and, you know, know, what do you call them, scorpions. It rains. And you look at it, it looks like a garden. Where's all this come from? (laughs) And he goes, oh, it comes to life. 
Allah Ta'ala says, that's a sign of resurrection. You think something is absolutely dead, don't dust it as they say. He goes, it's going to come to life. Don't worry about it. Allah Ta'ala goes, I've left a sign on the earth and where's the proof? Here. You see the earth barren and lifeless. But when we pour down rain upon it, it stirs to life. It swells. It puts forth every kind of beautiful growth in pairs. Now what does it say at the end of the verse? Allah Ta'ala goes, I give it life. And it grows in pairs. Everything grows in pairs. Now what's interesting? In Surah Yasir, Surah 36, verse 36, very easy to find. Surah 36, verse 36, what does Allah Ta'ala say? Very interesting. Subhanalladhi khalaqa al-azwaja kullaha mimma tumbitu al-ardu wa min anfusihim wa mimma la ya'lamun Glorified and free from all imperfection is He who created in pair all things that the earth produces as well as their own kind and things of which they have no knowledge. Now what's interesting about this verse? How does Allah Ta'ala start the verse? Subhanallah. So when Allah Ta'ala says Subhanallah, it means something amazing is being mentioned. Where is it famously mentioned? Subhanallah. The Isra and Miraj, glorified and free from all imperfection is he who took his servant from Masjid al-Haram to the furthest Masjid. Allah Ta'ala says, Subhanallah, meaning you need to understand this. And what does Allah Ta'ala say? He's talking about pairs. Who created pairs, all things of the earth, your own kind. And then he says, And of which you have no knowledge. And what have they discovered? Everything has a pair. Plants have a pair. Species have a pair. Even in the atomic world, you got protons, electrons, you know, the opposites. In the atomic world, Allah Ta'ala says, Subhanallah, I've created everything in pairs, except one. That's himself. He's unique, that's why he is Ahad. Unique, not one, right? Ahad. Allah Ta'ala has created everything in pairs. Now, what's shocking? Sayyidina Ali took this to the level, next level. Sayyidina Ali, who said, in Sayyid Bukhari, and Fattal Bari, he said, this world is a place where there is action, but there is no judgment. But you will go to another world where there will be judgment, but no action. Meaning the pair. Everything has a pair. So on the earth, you do a good deed. Do you get paid? No. There's no judgment. You commit a sin. You get punished? No. There's no judgment. So you're doing deeds, but no judgment. Somebody goes, what's the pair? Everything has a pair. You reverse it. <laughs> now you're going to get judged. Can you do a good deed in the barzakh? No. <laughs> judgment, no deeds. So Allah Ta'ala is telling you, Subhanallah, use your aql. Everything has a pair. This world must have a pair. What's the pair of the world? The next world. So what's interesting, when Allah Ta'ala mentions proofs of the resurrection, how does he finish with the verse? Min kulli zawjim bahij pours forth every kind of beautiful growth in pairs. Meaning, resurrection, a proof of resurrection is everything has a pair. The resurrection has to take place. <laughs> Otherwise, there is no pair for this world. Subhanallah. And think of those narrations, you know, where a person is dying for a good deed on the day of judgment. You can't find it. Why? Because it's not the place for deeds now. It's too late. But in the world, you're spoiled. You go all the time in the world to go, do good deeds. And how precious are deeds to finish? The hadith is in Tabarani. Uh, 
sahih hadith the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he was next to a grave and he said sallallahu alaihi wasallam this person in the grave he would give the entire world and all that it contains for two light rakats which you built so what did the prophet say about the person in the grave he's a muslim no point talking about kafir he's doomed he goes he would give the whole world and all that it contains how much is that more than your bank account right the whole world and all that it contains for what now look what he said two light rakats not like the prophet <laughs> two light meaning you know decent you know as long as you do everything correctly two light rakats then he says which your belittle meaning when you're alive you don't understand the value of deeds you're belittling it but when you're in your grave look at the difference what you belittle now you're giving ya lag i'll give the world i'll give everything too late this is why now you have to be intelligent the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said in ibn majah the most intelligent person is he who remembers and prepares for death the hardest meaning you remember and then you prepare prepare means you you get on with things you haven't got time to waste and then of course you meet allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so on the side of us ഹലക്കുമുദ്ഗാ ഫുമ്മുദ്രജുക്കുംഫലുഷുദ്ധകും وَمِنْكُمْ مَنْ يُتَوَفَّى وَمِنْكُمْ مَنْ يُرَدُّ إِلَى أَرْضِ الْعُمُرِ لِكَيْ لَا يَعْلَمَ مِنْ بَعْدِ عِلْمٍ شَيْئًا وَتَرَى الْأَرْضَ هَامِدَةً فَإِذَا أَنْزَلْنَا عَلَيْهَا الْمَاءَ اهْتَزَّتْ وَرَبَتْ وَأَنْبَتَتْ وَأَنْبَتَتْ مِنْ كُلِّ زَوْجٍ بَهِيجٍ We pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes the Qur'an the Rabi of our hearts. And I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He forgives me for any edits which I may have inadvertently ordered. Subhanallah bihamdi, subhanahu allahumma bihamdi ka ashtu lai lahi illa anta astaghfiri ka atubu alayka adhibu alayhi wa shadahu 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 alayhi wa